0: Katie, I'm here for any accessible poetry recommendations, I feel like that's something in my wheelhouse that has not been fully recognized on this show, (laughs) and of course I am kidding, I'm going to pass that off to my wife. (laughs) Welcome to He Read, She Read, a bi-weekly podcast where a couple of married bookworms with very different reading tastes discuss books and the reading life. I'm Curtis
1: i'm chelsea coming up in the next few months on the podcast we'll be talking about our favorite books of the year what we hope to read in 2021 and as of january we will have more buddy rate episodes planned that is where we discuss the same book and it's a lot of fun but we're excited for some upcoming episodes that we have for you so subscribe to he read she read in your favorite podcast app and stay tuned
0: Today we're recommending books to our listeners based on requests they submitted a few weeks ago. These are my favorite episodes to record and we're ready to fill your TBR and perhaps your shopping cart with books today. You can find a list of every title we mention in today's episode by going to hereadshera.org podcast for show notes.
1: Good morning, Curtis.
0: Good evening, Chelsea.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to get into our reader request episode These are your absolute favorites. I mean, I like them too. These are a lot of fun to put together.
0: Well, I like hearing people's stories, like whether they are trying to find books for a spouse or a reading partner or themselves. I just like to play the the matchmaker and just seeing what they're into and how we can help.
1: So for this reader requests episode or reader recommendations episode, whatever we call them... (laughs) <laughs> our listeners have sent in their favorite books their situations that they're in what they're looking for either to our email hereadshereadpodcast at gmail.com or to our instagram dms at read. and so we get to do some problem solving and recommend some books for our listeners today should we get right into it curtis because we've got quite a few of these to tackle
0: Yeah, let's get into it. Why don't you read the first one?
1: All right, our first request is from Sarah. She says, I'm looking for a recommendation for a book that my husband and I could both read and then have a little book club date night at home. We have five kids aged nine and under and life can be chaotic. We've been talking about making at-home date nights more of an intentional priority and a book club sounds like a fun idea to both of us. So Sarah mostly reads fiction anything from historical contemporary romance literary fiction she doesn't love thrillers or anything too intense some of her favorite books are i capture the castle the vanishing half all the light we cannot see the flat shares sing unburied sing and Bee Tree. And her husband, James, reads some nonfiction about science-y things. He loves information. He loves historical nonfiction, especially around the military, because he served in the Marine Corps for eight years. And his fiction taste runs more to fantasy and post-apocalyptic fiction. So it sounds very much like a Chelsea Curtis mix that they've got going on here. (laughs) So James's book picks feel a little bit too intense or boring for Sarah, but hers are too romantic and flowery for him, but they did both love Station 11 and felt that it had the right balance of things that they both look for. So, another important thing to note is that they do tend to rely heavily on the library system. And so Sarah likes to have a hard copy book or an ebook, and he listens to audiobooks. So something that would be good in either format would be great for them. So we have some recommendations for Sarah and James today. Curtis, why don't you get us started?
0: Sure. So I'm looking at the format uh, where they're going to need to get something on audio, but is also good in hardcover and available, and a little bit of the diverse tastes between the two of them and trying to find something that they both like. My first recommendation is going to be Beneath a Scarlet Sky by Mark T. Sullivan. So this is a based on a true story of Pino Lella, who was a 17-year-old boy in Italy in the 1940s during German occupation. So we listen to this on audio, and it's excellent, um, with the narrator. The story of Pino is where he leads refugees over the Alps who are trying to escape German occupation, and then he also finds his way into the German occupation as a soldier and ends up being a spy on part of the German high command that's in Italy. What I like about it is it's a good mix of the espionage stories that I like dealing with World War II so it's got some military angles that I think would appeal to James but there's also some romance that I think will keep Sarah engaged and overall it's a compelling story of a little-known part of history that I really liked and I think would fit both of their tastes
1: I liked that one that's a good recommendation If we're going the World War II historical fiction route, I think that they both might really enjoy either The Alice Network or The Huntress by Kate Quinn. Partly because I think that you would really like these books, Curtis, and I also enjoy, I really enjoyed The Alice Network. I still haven't read The Huntress, but Kate Quinn writes really great detailed historical fiction. These stories are about spies and espionage and war and they have enough of i think the the thrilling um action element and the historical detail for james but they're really well written and i think that sarah would like them as well so i think anything by kate quinn i think she has a new book coming out in 2021 too but the alice network or the huntress are currently out and those are great world war ii historical fiction books
0: Yeah, if we're talking about World War II books, uh, something that Sarah also mentioned was she really liked All the Light We Cannot See. And I think there's uh, something similar where either that's a good recommendation for them to read or something uh, that I know is in our house in multiple forms is The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. So I haven't read this yet, but I know you have, and I ended up buying another copy of it at a used bookstore because it just appealed to me. I saw an interview with Hannah not too long ago where she was talking about this book where her process was starting with the research side, inspired by a story of a Belgian woman who helped downed Allied pilots, escape Nazi-occupied France, which is a little bit of a tie-in to All the Light We Cannot See. And part of that, it appeals to me just because I like well-researched stories, but then she also is known for building in memorable relationships and characters and I think would appeal to Sarah's reading tastes so I think it's got enough of that angle with the occupation and World War II history that James would be into it and then have the character development and the relationship building that might appeal to Sarah so I'm looking forward to reading that one when I get home um and you know one of many
1: (laughs) can you even find it (laughs)
0: maybe. I, don't know.
1: <laughs> I do think we're down to only one copy because fun fact, Penny ate at least one hardcover copy of that book. No. Yeah, she chewed up the cardboard and everything. This was she was a puppy puppy. This was a long time ago, but she did eat a copy of the Nightingale, so I guess that's how she feels about that one. <laughs>
0: What's your next one that you want to recommend?
1: Oh, man, I have several more to recommend. One that just popped into my mind, and I don't know exactly why, is The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. I thought it was really good writing. It was a good mix of contemporary and literary fiction. And it's, it's set in Chicago during the 1980s aid epidemic, and... It focuses on this group of friends and their their lives and their loves and how they're affected by the AIDS crisis. And it, it's just really good. I really loved this book. I think it's a good mix for people who want something historical but really want a very human story. So I guess it I guess the recommendation is coming from Station 11. This book just really surprised me, and I loved it, and I read it in a couple of days. So I just have this sense that maybe they would both like The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay.
0: Since you brought up Station Eleven, can I bring up my last recommendation? Mm-hmm. So something that is leaning a little bit more towards James's taste, since I think my last two recommendations are a little bit more in Sarah's categories, I'm going to recommend The Road by Cormac McCarthy. So this was a Pulitzer Prize winner in early 2000s and as soon as I finished Station Eleven, I think I mentioned to you that it really reminded me of The Road just for setting purposes where it's post-apocalyptic after a near event that ends humanity and while it's light on dialogue and character interaction, it's heavy on good descriptions of setting which I think is something that I really took out of Station Eleven, and it might be a little bit too intense for Sarah, but it's definitely in the post-apocalyptic realm that I think James would really like, so that might be a compromise.
1: It is really intense, but it's also short, so at least it's not intense for too long.
0: (laughs) That's very true.
1: Okay, I want to get into some fantasy and some science-related books here, so... This fantasy novel, I think that Sarah mentioned it to me on the Novel Pairings podcast at some point, but it's The Bird King by G. Willow Wilson, and I think that it's a good mix of fantasy and literary fiction. I'm really interested in reading it. I think it sounds like a beautiful book, and it's got a really, really pretty cover, which is always just bonus points. So the Bird King is set in 1491, so it's like way, way back, historical fiction. And it is set during the reign of the last Sultanate in the Iberian Peninsula. Um, Fatima is a concubine to the Sultan, and her best friend, Hassan, is the palace map maker. And the story centers around these two and their friendship. So, Hassan has this special gift that's related to map making and when the spanish monarchy arrives and they are trying to basically take over they sort of see his gift as sorcery and it clashes with their christian spanish rule so fatima and hassan basically need to escape and take a risk for their survival and so they have a djinn that helps them and it just sounds like a really good book about freedom and friendship and love and like a good mix of fantasy and character and it's it's set in a real historical time which you know i'm a sucker for fantasy that's set in a like real grounded historical time period so i think the bird king might be a good one for both of them to go for it is newer. It was published in 2019, but it's a book that I haven't seen very many places. So I think it should be mm-hmm. available. And then, science wise, Mary Roach writes not boring nonfiction. And she mostly <laughs> writes about sciencey things, but she writes about them in a way that anybody can understand and that's super entertaining so one example is she has a book called grunt the curious science of humans at war and through really fun storytelling and humor she explains the science behind things like body armor and i don't know various military um outfitting and things that Soldiers use for their safety and combat, and so I think that Mary Roach might be a good way to mix their reading tastes. And then one more literary fiction book that maybe will appeal to both of them. This one is popular, so this one they could maybe put on the holds list and read some other ones first. I really loved Transcendent Kingdom by Ya Jesse. It was one of my favorite books of the year, and it is about science and faith and addiction and it's just a really really beautiful book i listened to it on audio and bonnie turpin narrated it and i thought it was fantastic on audio but i have friends who read it on paper and thought it was really good on paper so maybe that is a good one to mix their reading tastes and reading formats and so before we move on to our next request this is a good time to say it. we just published an episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, we just published an episode where we went back over all of our buddy reads over the last couple of years and talked about them. That's a great episode if you're looking for a book to read with your friend or partner or spouse. That's a good one to listen to and see what interests both of you because there are a lot of uh varied reading tastes covered in that episode and we talk a little bit about why we liked those books so that's an episode that I would definitely reference especially if you are looking for buddy reads with your person
0: so our next question comes from katie who says dear he read she read or pronounced by ben as he read she read and then she puts for emphasis with some periods every single time. Yeah, maybe <laughs> something there, Ben. You might want to work on that. Um, so Katie says that she's working on expanding her knowledge of poetry but often feels intimidated by it. She often picks up a collection and feels imposter syndrome, like someone much smarter than her should be reading that sort of stuff. She recently found Mary Oliver and Wendell Berry and loved them both and wants to know if we have any other recommendations for poetry that feels accessible. Katie, I'm here for any accessible poetry recommendations. I feel like that's something in my wheelhouse that has not been fully recognized on this show. (laughs) And of course, I am kidding. I'm going to pass that off to my wife. (laughs) Uh,
1: I would have loved to see how far you could get with that facade, Curtis. I was really eager to hear. I
0: I only know Langston Hughes from... uh, the rent soundtrack
1: seriously you never read any Langston hughes in school
0: if if i did i don't remember
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so i will take over here because i do have some recommendations and i will say at the top i'm not i'm an english teacher but i'm not a poetry expert Poetry is one of my favorite things to teach, it is not one of my favorite things to read in my free time, but I have found over the years a few poets and poems and access points for poetry that really help and appeal to me. So the first recommendation that I have is to pick up a novel in verse instead of a poetry collection. Novels in verse offer a little bit more accessibility because they have a story to them and that makes the poems especially compelling and page-turning and just gives like this backbone to the poetry that makes it a little bit easier to understand. So a couple of my favorite novels in verse, The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo is one of my favorites. Actually, all of her novels in verse are amazing. Clap When You Land is her most recent one she reads the audiobooks so that her audiobook narration is impeccable and just beautiful but they her books are really gorgeous on paper as well and her poetry is just stunning her poems the the novel and verse you really can read it as a poetry collection I mean you could open up to a page and just read the poem on the page and find it beautiful and get something out of it, but as a whole her storytelling is excellent. So Elizabeth Acevedo, um Jason Reynolds, long way down, he's one of my favorites. And then recently I read Punching the Air by Ibi Zaboy and Yusef Salam, and that one was excellent as well. Youssef Salam is one of the Exonerated Five, and he worked together with Ibi Zaboy to write Punching the Air, which is about a teen who is convicted of a crime that he didn't commit. And it's just a really stunning, powerful book. So Those novels in verse are actually where I would recommend going for poetry needs, but if you want just a couple of poets that I love and find a little bit more accessible, I think Billy Collins is a more accessible poet. I particularly, um, I'm trying to think of one of his poems that I love. I'll drop a couple of my favorites in the show notes. Langston Hughes is one of my favorites, and his Harlem Renaissance poetry is classic, but I feel like it rings so true today and Nikki Giovanni is an incredible poet as well those are just a couple of my favorites I also would recommend What Kind of Woman by Kate Baer that is a brand new poetry collection that I think just just came out and Kate Baer is on Instagram and she shares her poems there, and her poetry is lovely and accessible and centers around feminism and motherhood, and so her poetry collection is definitely one that I would go for. So there's your poetry of the day.
0: That's definitely better than I could do.
1: (laughs) You like Shakespeare?
0: I do like Shakespeare, so that Mm -hmm. counts. For something, I guess.
1: I don't know that you have a favorite (laughs) sonnet, but you like Shakespeare. (laughs)
0: why don't you go for the uh the next one
1: okay so christine writes into us and says my husband and i like to read together too and at christmas we each buy the other something to read something to drink we're into cocktails and something to wear i am writing to enlist your help in generating ideas for the something to read category
0: well, we are a book podcast, but I feel like we're not being properly utilized for the something to drink category.
1: We're not into cocktails.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's true. But
1: Here's something to drink. Wine. Spotted cow. Here's something
0: to drink. Here's something to drink. Scotch.
1: <laughs> okay, we did the job. Okay. One area where their reading tastes overlap is Backroads of History, nonfiction books that tell little-known stories. Ooh, I love that. And um, Christine gives bonus points for interesting characters and settings. Her husband gives bonus points for a story about business or industry. Side note, he's a mechanical engineer. Some books that they both loved, Midnight at Chernobyl, On Her Ground, The Life and Times of Madam C.J. Walker, boomtown the fantastical saga of oklahoma city its chaotic founding its apocalyptic weather its purloined basketball team and the dream of becoming a world-class metropolis she thinks that we would like that one too and also i greatly appreciate that all subtitles were included because that just speaks to a true nonfiction reader right there
0: that's dedication
1: all right curtis what do you have to recommend to christine and her husband for christmas presents
0: so i'm gonna go off of the midnight at chernobyl angle that they both liked those and actually come up with something off of my tbr that i haven't had a chance to read yet uh, but i'll give a reigning endorsement as to why it's called dead mountain the untold true story of the Dyatlov pass incident i gotta work on my russian um and it's by donny Iker. so the cover is this kind of snow-covered shot of this group of hikers in ski equipment and the tagline is what happened that night on Dead Mountain and automatically I'm like I have no idea what Dead Mountain is but I'm interested so the setting which I think is going to be the interesting angle uh, for this couple is in February of 1959 there was a group of nine experienced hikers in the Russian mountains and they died mysteriously and there's eerie aspects of the incident, signs that the tent was cut open and they fled without their proper equipment, the strange photograph that I mentioned, uh, which is the cover of the book, and the, the fact that there was elevated levels of radiation found on some of their clothes. So I think that gives a little bit of a tie-in for Midnight at Chernobyl, and I'm a fan of the fact that it does a lot of depth into the hikers' journals and photographs, government records, interviews, and i think that that really uh, will fit into the backroads of history angle that they like
1: one book that i would like to recommend because i believe that it actually mentions madame cj walker is black fortunes the story of the first six african americans who escaped slavery and became millionaires by shamari wills so this definitely falls under history that is little told And I think if you enjoyed the life and times of Madam C.J. Walker and you wanted to learn about some other African-American business tycoons and figures like her, Black Fortunes would be an excellent way to go. So I know Madam C.J. Walker is mentioned and then I think that Black Wall Street, so Black Fortunes by Shamari Wills, I think that that would just be a really good one business-wise and history-wise. And like I said, it's got that Madam C.J. Walker tie-in. So I think that both of you might find that one interesting.
0: So my next one's going to be a little bit of a gamble because I'm going to guess that engineers like trains, even though he's not that type of engineer, but I don't think that's too far (laughs) of a leap. Um, So I'm going to recommend Stealing the General, The Great Locomotive Chase, and The First Medal of Honor by Russell S. Bonds. So this is probably one of my favorite Civil War books. It's set in April 1862 and talks about 20 Union soldiers who crossed Confederate lines to steal a train called the General, and in doing so, destroy critical supply lines uh, by jumping out of the train and destroying the rails. Um, So what I really like about it is it's this back road story of, you know, this new concept of how we're using supply lines during the Civil War and uh, the fact that when they stole the train, the people that they stole it from ended up jumping into a different train and chasing them and it ended up, like no no lie, it's called the Great Locomotive Chase for a reason and at the end of it all, uh, half the team was caught and executed and the other half were the first to receive the first Medal of Honor so that's the part I like about it from a military history angle and I'm hoping that Christine's husband likes it because there's trains
1: (laughs) I hope you didn't just spoil the whole story for them
0: I mean it's history so (laughs) it's if they're looking it up that's the first thing that they're gonna see but you know it's it's about the telling Chelsea that's how history works okay
1: okay So speaking of the telling, a book that I love and I think is so well told and page turning and fascinating is the autobiography of Malcolm X. Actually today, as of us recording this, Novel Pairings, my other podcast with my pal Sarah, We got to talk with Tracy Thomas of the Stacks podcast about this book. It's one of my favorites. It's so good. When I read it, I had very little background knowledge of Malcolm X because I felt like he was largely left out of our history books, which I think is intentional for a lot of reasons that I could get into but won't today. And I just thought that it was such a great book. It's it's an iconic example of classic nonfiction. And I definitely think that if if Christine and her husband haven't read it yet, they need to. The autobiography of Malcolm X, as told by Alex Haley, it's such a good book.
0: So my final recommendation is gonna be from one of my sources for finding little known stories, Drunk History. which i'm a big fan of and i hope some of our listeners are too um and it's be free or die by kate Lindberry. so this tells the story of robert smalls who was a slave who ended up working as a dock worker in charleston south carolina and he hijacks a confederate ship with a crew of fellow enslaved sailors and his wife and kids And he's able to navigate his way through Confederate lines uh, back to Union territory. And what's the best about his story is the boldness and the extraordinary feat, uh, but also the fact that he became a Union hero who then becomes a soldier and eventually a U.S. congressman. And it's something that I had never heard of and am interested in reading more about, so I'm actually looking forward to reading this book sometime in the future as well.
1: The Secret History of Wonder Woman by Jill Lepore. I loved this book. It's bananas. It talks about the history of Wonder Woman and the creation of the comic and the figure and the the family behind the creation. It's just a wild tale. I don't want to say too much about this book other than it's like a combination of comic book history and feminist history and psychological history and then just a really wild complicated family story on top of it and there's a reason it's called the secret history of wonder woman because it's not it's not a well told or commonly told story and jill lapore is a really great writer so i think she does a great job making it interesting and fascinating so the secret history of wonder woman by jill lapore
0: yeah that family's bananas uh and i maintain that this is a whole special place in my life because it's one book that i bought for you that i think you actually liked so i count that as a win every day
1: i loved that one that was a great book gift which goes really well with their request so enjoy
0: our next question is from jocelyn she says hey chelsea and curtis i'm so excited for this next recommendation episode me too jocelyn uh, she says that she always misses the call for people to submit so she's excited to catch this opportunity her husband joe and her have yet to nail down his specific reading taste he reads a lot of non-fiction but when it comes to fiction he's not sure what to pick up as far as his non-fiction choices he's really enjoyed go ahead in the rain notes from a tribe called quest shoe dog the healing of america and between the world and me for fiction, five-star reads, he likes Dark Matter, the Wayward Pine series, and The Hate You Give. He's currently reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, and Jocelyn's trying to get him to read when no one is watching. He's definitely all over the place with choices and thinks a lot of books are fine or good, but she wants to find him something that's unputdownable, which is apparently a word. Um, so she is looking to have some ideas to recommend to him when he's stuck on something to pick up. She's stumped, so she's leaving it to the experts. And since we're leaving it to the experts, I'm going to have Chelsea go first.
1: (laughs) Unputdownable is a word, and it's one of my favorite bookish words. So, Jocelyn, we have some Unputdownable recommendations for you. The first one that I would like to suggest is one of my favorite books of the year. I listened to it on audio, and it was fantastic. Before the Ever After by Jacqueline Woodson. This is a middle grade novel, but I felt like I got so much out of reading it as an adult. The audiobook was really, really good, and the narrator was fantastic. It is about a young boy whose father plays in the NFL as a tight end, and he has had a lot of head injuries, And so this takes place in the late 90s and early 2000s when those injuries and brain trauma were really being studied more closely and when the NFL was trying to do a lot of cover-up. So we've got that going on. But ZJ, the young boy, just... He just wants his dad to be his dad. And uh, he's really struggling with his dad's mood changes and personality changes and the things related to his brain injuries zj is also a songwriter so there is a mix of poetry and music sort of strewn throughout this book and it's just a beautiful book about a father-son relationship it is a little bit about football and friendship the the little group of friends that dj has are that was probably one of my favorite parts of the book it's heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time and it was a really quick really quick reading experience i think that it was under two hours listening for me so that's before the ever after by Jacqueline woodson and it's a book that i really want everyone to pick up
0: Now, I know we're trying to find some fiction recommendations, but my first pick is going to be a nonfiction because in a similar way uh, to Joe, I've really liked Shoe Dog and have been trying to find something similar that will fit into that mold. And I came across something called That Will Never Work, The Birth of Netflix and an Amazing Life of an Idea by Mark Randolph, who is the co-founder and first CEO of Netflix. So it goes all the way back to the or the late 90s when Mark Randolph first developed the idea back when Blockbuster was a big monstrosity. Remember Blockbuster? Blockbuster was awesome. Um, but it goes to when brick-and-mortar video stores are no longer the thing and talks about the business dealings about starting a company. And I think it will have some of those similar trends to what I really liked about Shoe Dog. So... Maybe not exactly on what Jocelyn was looking for, uh, but I think if we're trying to find something that if he's stuck on something to pick up, something good that Joe would be able to lean on uh, is something similar to one of his favorites. So I'm going to go with that one never work.
1: Good recommendation. So I have, uh, this one is like rap and hip hop related, kind of based on the notes on a tribe called Quest book so this is one of my favorites definitely unputdownable actually this is just a blanket recommendation for anything by tiffany d jackson her books are so page turning but the one that i would like to recommend here is let me hear a rhyme and it is about a group of friends their their pal passed away and they want to do justice to his music career There is some mystery involved, there's some music, and it's another one about friendship, and I just really, really liked this book. It's so good. Tiffany D. Jackson just does an incredible job with writing mysteries that appeal to young adults and adults alike. I just really like all of her books, but Let Me Hear a Rhyme specifically stood out to me as possibly fitting joe's reading taste so any tiffany d jackson but specifically let me hear a rhyme i also think that joe might like the city we became by n.k jemisin it's really good i so since he loved dark matter and the wayward pine series that's like a little sci-fi thriller-y and then I just think The City We Became by N.K. Jemison might be a good one for him to try. It doesn't look like he has a ton of fantasy on his list, but The City We Became is urban fantasy. And so I feel like it's just a, I don't know, maybe it's a good introduction to the fantasy genre. Or if Joe doesn't love fantasy, this one might be a good good way to go i thought it was completely unputdownable which is pretty much why i'm recommending it here and has that sort of sciencey element of dark matter that i think could really hook joe and keep him interested so the city we became by nk jemisin would be my last recommendation for him
0: yeah i looked at the uh Crouch books uh, with Dark Matter and Wayward Pines uh, for my next recommendation uh, just to find him something in the thriller area that I've really enjoyed over the last couple of years and I went with The Dry by Jane Harper so this won a bunch of international awards Uh, it was her debut novel and she's from Australia which plays a huge role as a setting in the story Uh, the Law enforcement agent uh, Aaron Falk is the main character and for the subsequent books as well. And what I really liked about The Dry is it tells a homecoming story where it's also got just this underlying setting that is really compelling. And I was hooked from the get-go with just interesting characters and the similar things that I really liked about Dark Matter um, that just drew me in and kept me going and jane harper i think is a really good method for having interesting characters that you want to know what's going to take them to the next step but then a good mystery as well um and i actually just downloaded her upcoming book uh, the survivors which is going to be a standalone uh, or departure from her aaron falk series uh through our partners at libro fm on audio
1: i'm really excited to listen to that one i've heard her books are good on audio but i haven't Listen to any of them i read the dry on paper but good recommendation Mm -hmm. should we share a little bit about libro fm and why we love them so much
0: well what i think is good is i'm in a similar spot to joe where i'm in a little bit of a reading rut so i think something that gets me out of that is just finding a thriller or some type of a mystery that i can listen to that'll kind of reset my reading palette so that's what i'm really appreciative right now about libro and i'm looking forward to reading the survivors
1: we love libro fm and it's for a lot of reasons, partly because they keep us fully stocked with audiobooks and we're big audiobook listeners over here. But also because with our Libro.fm subscription, we're supporting independent bookstores. And we love independent bookstores. We're excited to support our favorite indies, especially this holiday season. And we're hopeful that when Curtis gets home from deployment and as we get the pandemic under control that we'll be able to step foot in some independent bookstores again but we need to support them in order to do so so Libro.fm audiobooks is a great way to do that
0: One thing that's great about Libro is you can do the gift of a membership to a loved one during this upcoming holiday season, which is going to be an interesting season that we're not used to in the strange times, and gift exchanges might look a little bit different. But they have options for a one-month, three-month, or six-month gift membership, and there's an option for any budget. A secret tip is gift memberships include 30% off any additional audiobooks. If you use up your credits, you can get a gift membership for yourself.
1: Yeah, I I like that secret tip. So if you're someone who goes through many audiobook credits per month, that's a great option for you so that if you use up your credit, you then get a discount so you can purchase another book. So if you are in that spot, listeners of the He Read, She Read podcast can get two audiobook credits for the price of one, or you can use our affiliate link to purchase gift memberships for fellow bookworms or for yourself with our secret tip go to Libro.fm. that's l-i-b-r-o dot f-m and enter the promo code h-r-s-r or you can just go through the link in our show notes and give the gift of audiobooks this season and support your local bookstores
0: our next question is from claire no, I butchered that. Claire! claire are you trying
1: to do outlander
0: I'm trying. It's not working out. (laughs) No, it's not. Um, So, Claire is looking for gifts for a reader who loves literary books, classics, and prize winners. This reader also wants to dive into some more diverse classics. Uh, Chelsea, do you know anybody within the sound of my voice that knows a lot about classics? Like maybe has a second podcast about classics with somebody not her husband?
1: (laughs) Oh, I don't know, but I think I can probably help out so i have some recommendations here so someone who loves classics might love some pretty copies of the classics i think that the Penguin Vitae series or the Penguin Clothbound classics are a really good way to go. The Penguin Vitae has this beautiful stunning new copy of Sister Outsider by Audre Lorde which I'll make sure to link in the show notes. I think that one would be a great gift for any reader who wants to dive into some diverse classics but I think a pretty edition of course makes for the perfect gift. Just a book that I think kind of reads maybe like a a classic where someone who loves literary books might like this one, Scribe by Allison Hagee. This is published, I believe, by Greywolf Press, and it's very literary, but it's super—it's lesser known, so it's—it's it's not a title that I see everywhere. So it might be a book that they don't know about, which is always exciting to get as a gift. And then there are a couple of literary prizes that you can take a look at, either the Aspen Words Prize. Or the Lambda Literary Awards. Those are good places to find some diverse literary fiction. For the Aspen Words, a couple of recent, or for both of them, a couple of recent winners. In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado. Or Sabrina and Karina by Callie Farjado-Onstein. I think that those are great places to look for some literary classic-like books. So I hope that that gives you... Um, a few options for gifting this season Claire our next request is from Carly and she's been listening to both he read she read and novel pairings and she says that they've been exactly what I needed during this tumultuous year Mm, I love to hear that so Carly says you recently asked for reader questions and recommendations and um she says that she's noticed this fall season a lot of people have paired Rebecca with Jane Eyre she's never read Jane Eyre and her first question is should I invest the time and attention it might take to really get into Jane Eyre and appreciate it she normally loves atmospheric spooky mystery style novels so any recommendations for this would be appreciated And she says, P.S. A lot of recent releases that have touted that they are atmospheric mysteries have really fallen flat for me, like The Family Upstairs. So my first answer is, yes, you should read Jane Eyre. That's the answer.
0: Full (laughs) Full stop
1: if you are into those types of books and you love Rebecca I think that you would definitely like and get into Jane Eyre and then I also recommend reading Jane Steele by Lindsay Fay which is one of my favorite books and it's a Jane Eyre retelling and it's just a, a really solid solid retelling I think a couple of books that might fit what you are looking for in terms of atmospheric spooky mysteries Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia, Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro, and The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller. Those might fit what you're looking for, and they, I think, have really good echoes of Rebecca by Daphne Du Maurier. All of them do. So, those are the recommendations that I would that I would go for. And I hope that helps, Carly.
0: Our last question is from Emma. She says. Hey, Chelsea and Curtis, I've got a recommendation request. She always gets a fiction book for her husband's stocking every year, and this year she has no idea what to get him. He likes Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and Ken Follett's Pillars of the Earth series. He particularly didn't like Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three 63 by Stephen King, said it had too many historical references that he didn't get, and he usually likes historical fiction if it's war-related time period immaterial. Thanks in advance if you have time to answer during the episode. Emma, we've got time. We're you, you are anchoring the show. We got gotcha. you. So I feel like her husband and I are pretty similar in reading taste. Um, I've never mentioned Pillars of the Earth on the show before, uh, but I'm a big fan Um, I haven't read the subsequent books, but the first one is excellent, Uh, and I watched The Stars uh, show with uh, Baby Eddie Redmayne years ago. Um, It's really good. Um, So my first recommendation would be, if you know he likes Ken Follett and war-related historical fiction, go with Fall of Giants uh, by Ken Follett, which is part of his Century trilogy. Now, these books are massive, so you might have to invest in a more robust stocking if we're gonna be literal with this Um, but it follows families and their history through decades which is what drew me to it in the first place there's five interrelated families over the course of the 20th century and it takes them through all the major wars so world war one world war two the suffrage movement russian revolution uh, even goes all the way up until the cold war so the three books are called uh, Fall of Giants, Winter of the World, and Edge of Eternity. So I think you've got uh, something there. If he's really into Ken Follett uh, as an author, that's a good way to go. If what he likes about uh, the Pillars of the Earth is kind of the cathedral building, uh, building aspect, which is a huge part of that story, uh, I would recommend Cathedral of the Sea, which is a historical fiction novel uh, by i'm gonna butcher this and i apologize uh it's il Defonso falcones i believe is his name he's from barcelona and it's originally written in spanish so it would be translated uh, which is another aspect of that i think could be interesting if you're trying to find something diverse uh in your reading life so this also covers the building of a cathedral in the 14th century and kind of the inner weaving um Societal and city trade and power dynamics within the Mediterranean. So that's another recommendation. And if we're going off of Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, I would recommend The Blade itself by Joe Abercrombie, which is the first of the First Law trilogy. When I'm talking about fantasy, I talk a lot about. Theft of Swords, and I'm trying to find some more fantasy recommendations to get out to people. This one's a little bit more gritty. Um, The main character is a former fencing champion turned torturer, so it's got a little bit more of a darker twist on the the high fantasy genre that I think people who like Lord of the Rings for its grittiness and Game of Thrones for more of the... I I won't say like, smut... Because it's more than that, but it's more it, something similar for Game of Thrones is like a lot of different characters that interweave and you see it from different perspectives. So that's something that I like about Joe Abercrombie's work. So for fantasy, I would say uh, The Blade itself. And then you've got a couple of different options for either sticking with Ken Follett or finding something else similar to that. Or, you know, if it's time period material, just go back to the first recommendation. And I think Beneath the Scarlet Sky would work pretty well.
1: Do you want to wrap things up here with a recommendation of the week?
0: Oh, I forgot that we're doing recommendations of the week. Um, I forgot too. <laughs> it's only like we do this every episode. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, we haven't talked about it since it came back, but I've been really liking season two of the Mandalorian. Um, episode three just came out. I'm not sure when this episode's going to publish, but it's, as good if not better than the first season i think the premiere episode was my favorite so far with uh timothy oliphant i'm a big fan of and it was more of a traditional space western episode um, but people should definitely be checking out the mandalorian if uh, they're fans of star wars or spaghetti westerns or baby yoda
1: do you think that i'll like season two
0: Yeah, I think it's got aspects that you'll really like. Um, We're seeing them in different settings. Something is going to happen in in episode two with Baby Yoda that might put him in a different light for you permanently. Uh, And that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, boy. There was definitely some controversy.
1: Oh, man. Okay. Well, maybe I'll give it a shot. Right now, I am watching season two of... No, it's not season two. Season four or five, whatever. The most recent season of The Crown. (laughs) They have have a bunch of seasons now. (laughs) I thought last season was so boring that I was like, do I want to watch this show anymore? But because this season brings in Princess Diana, it's a little more interesting, and it's just some good, solid, comforting, beautifully shot scenes that are pretty and nice to watch. (laughs) So the crown has been keeping me company on on tv these days
0: okay that wraps up another reader recommendations episode so if you got some recommendations let us know on any of our social media on instagram or send us back an email if you have any requests uh just please continue to send those in and we'll build them for another of these episodes down the line Special thank you to everyone for hanging out with us today for podcast news and reading updates. You can follow us on Instagram at HeReadSheRead. On weeks when we don't release a podcast, we try to send out a newsletter with short book reviews and a list of our favorite things. You can subscribe to that newsletter at HeReadSheRead.substack.com. Special thank you to Mark Anderson and Miles Eichner for our theme music, and thanks to FM for sponsoring this episode.
1: Before you go, remember the couple that reads together.
0: Also remembers how many seasons of The Crown there are.
1: We don't, though. (laughs)